turn first to the book of John, the Gospel of John. And I just want us to start there. I want to talk to you a little bit about, theologians will tell you that John did not speak of the Christmas story in, in uh, this gospel, that the other writers spoke of, of the manger and the and various things that happened in the other gospels. And you can look at that and you can apprise yourself of that. But I want to submit to you this morning that John did talk about the Christmas story. He summarized it very well. In fact, maybe better than any of the other writers, there's this summary expression of, of why we are together this morning. And this is what he said in John uh, chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. He said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. And I'm reading today from the New Living Translation, if that uh, will be helpful for you to know. Then in verse 10, he said, He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. Isn't that the Christmas story in summary? He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But all who believed him and accepted him, he gave them the right to become children of God. So, Verse 14 says, so the word became human or flesh, and he made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. I submit to you that that may be the best encapsulating summary of what we are celebrating today. Jesus came and became like us. They were looking for him and they missed him. They didn't see him. I want to talk to you about his invitation to you today. He's been inviting you to his presence throughout your life in many different ways and, and, and in many different uh, uh, circumstances. He's been inviting you to the table. And, and uh, very, each one of you, if we were to talk to you, you would have your own story about how you feel that God has invited you into his presence and to the table of the Lord. Uh, several weeks ago, we talked about uh, being at the king's table. And then last week, we talked about actually the Passover table and who was there and what took place there and, and what God accomplishes as we come to the table. But I've discovered in my life that even though I've come to the table many times in many ways, that there's still this invitation from the Lord to come in closer. And so today I want to talk to you about uh, an aspect of the table that you were invited to, and it's found in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20 says this, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice 
and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. So I want to talk to you about this invitation that the Lord sends. to. The, we often think of coming to the king's table or coming to the communion table or coming to various other tables that the scripture draws out uh, in, in uh, uh, helping us to understand the invitation to the Lord's presence. But I want you to understand that he is inviting you to the table of your life with him. He's inviting himself to your table. Now, quite often we say things, and I've just really discovered this. Laura and I have had a lot of conversations this year about how that we'll say things uh, uh, in Scripture, some favorite passages of Scripture. This is one of them. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone will open the door. Well, how do, how do, you, how do you open the door? And I will come in and I will sup with you. How do you eat with a guy you can't see? So we have all of these things in Scripture that teach us how to draw close to the Lord. And we quote them and we, and we say them and they sound good, but they're just religious stuff if we don't learn to do this. So he says, I'm standing at the door of your life. Are you going to hear me? There are individuals in our city today, God has been knocking at the door of their life over and over and over again, and they don't even hear that he's there. But you've heard at least on some level, you've heard that the Lord is knocking on the door of your life or you wouldn't be in worship on Christmas Day. You wouldn't be where you are today if you hadn't heard that the Lord is knocking on the door of your life. But I want to submit to you that at whatever level you have let him into your life, at whatever level you have responded to him, he's knocking for a deeper response. So he says, I'm standing at the door. And I'm knocking. And then he says the, the absolute biggest word in Scripture. And you're going to find this throughout Scripture. It is the most revelatory word in Scripture that a man or a woman can come to understand. If. Because if requires a response. And if there is no response then we become like believers who, who we come to church and we're sitting in an environment like this, like we've had in worship this morning, and the Holy Spirit is moving among us and, 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 and prompting us, and we go to the door and we go to the parking lot and we say, oh, didn't it feel good to be in the presence of the Lord today? And that's the end of it, and nothing changes. But if being in his presence doesn't change us, if being in his presence doesn't draw us closer to him, if being in his presence doesn't make us better tomorrow than we were today, then it is just a religious experience. I don't care how much of the Holy Spirit you felt, if, the, if, the, if you sense the Holy Spirit, but you don't move closer to God and you don't allow him access to you, you're just having a religious experience. This process of the last year, the Lord said something to me that just shook me to the core, and I shared it with my wife. The Lord said, you used me. 
And I said, Lord, how did I use you? And he said, you came into my presence and you enjoyed my presence, but you left things unchanged. I think about Saul sitting and, and he's in, just in a rage and they bring David in and David gets his harp and he begins to worship God and, and the Bible says that as he worshiped God that, that that turmoil that was within the heart of Saul subsided and, and peace took him over. He, we can feel the peace of God in his presence and that peace of God can overwhelm us and we just think, oh, it's so peaceful, it's so wonderful, but we go out and, and under the pressures of life we move into that place of rage and frustration again and nothing has changed because we were in his presence. He just soothed us for a moment. That's not what Jesus is talking about here. When he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you will let me in, what's going to happen? We're going to have a meal together. What happens at the table? Fellowship. Nourishment. But you know something else that happens at the table? I have a, we have a large family, and sometimes there's straight talk at the table. Get your elbows off the table. Don't smack. Chew with your mouth closed. There's instruction. There's direction. There's correction. And you know what we try to avoid, and I'm going to tell you, I'll just be as transparent as I can be in this moment. I'm going to tell you, whenever God begins to speak to us that directly, we get, the, we get resistant because we don't want to deal with our stuff. God wants to eat with you. There's a wonderful passage of Scripture that says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. There's a couple things that happened in the Old Testament. Uh, David was out in the field, and, and they were supposed to be fasting, and he was famished, and he dipped his finger in the honey that the bees had left behind, and he tasted of the honey. He's supposed to, supposed to be not eating. He broke the rules. And out of that, comes this idea of tasting and seeing that the Lord is good and being nourished when we weren't even supposed to be nourished. And then another time, uh, David goes into the temple and the Bible says he eats the bread of the temple that was supposed to only belong to the priests. And it was prophetic because David was taking the same place that you and I hold in the heart of God now as a priest unto the Lord. And he was able to eat that bread without judgment. God wants to take you into some places where he nourishes you in ways that you don't expect. But you've got to be willing to hear the hard things. You've got to be, I've got to be willing to hear the Lord say, there's some things that are out of place in your thinking or in your life or in your heart or in, in your relationships or, or whatever he wants to do. I don't know what he wants to do with you, with you, but you do. Those are 
are not always easy things. How many understand? They're not always easy things to hear. I want, I want the Lord to tell me how pleased he is with me and how wonderful I am in his eyes. And he does. Oh, I want him to knock the rough edges off of my heart. So he says, I stand at the door and I knock if you will hear. There's two things that have to happen here. You have to hear and you have to open. You have to hear him and you have to be open. You have to be, uh, in, inevitably when you have conversations with God, he brings up things that you don't want to talk about. Are you open? Behold, I stand at the door and knock if you'll hear my voice, and if you'll open the door. And I believe in the year ahead, the Lord wants to open some places in your heart that you've not allowed him to open in the past. He wants to talk to you about, that. you see, the scripture says that the deep things of God are calling unto the deep things of men. Deep, calling to deep. There's some deep places in you. They're not all good places. There's some deep places in me that are, they're, not all, they're not all refined. How many, how many understand? God still has some work to do on me. He still has some work to do on you. If he was done with you, we would have attended your funeral. Y'all are laughing. I'm glad you're laughing. But here's a promise from God. If you will let me in, I will come in. And then how do you sit at the table with him? I know there's uh, a couple of folks here that, uh, that, uh, that have been at Church of Living Water in the past, and one of the ladies told me, she says, man, when I sit down for my morning coffee, she said, just so I can visualize the fact that the Lord is with me, when I open my Bible and I'm having my morning devotions, I sit a chair there and I put a cup there. Lord, come and have coffee with me. It's just visual. It's just visualizing to, to understand that he is in fact doing what he said he would do. For us, we sit quietly before the Lord and sometimes we visualize that he's sitting there with us and we quiet ourselves in the Lord and then we get our journal, our, our, our writing uh, tablet or something and we sit there and we just, Lord, what do you, what do you want to say today? What is it that you want to say to me? And then you just start writing what you hear in your heart. It's not complicated to hear from God. And you don't have to write in King James, thus saith the Lord these and thousand days and, and all of that. No, 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 no. Because he said, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. What would happen if your friend called and said, let's have coffee together and, and let's sit together and your friend comes up to you, Dale, and he goes, and God said, right, you know, right in your face. How intimate and wonderful is that? And you'd be looking around the coffee shop going, these folks think this guy's lost his mind. No. Jesus wants to come and sit with you as a friend sits with a friend. 
The invitation to the table is an invitation to friendship with God. Now, one more minute. Turn back to the book of John and we will close here. John chapter 15. Verse 15. John chapter 15, verse 15. Listen to what the Lord said to them and to what I believe he's saying to you today. Many of you will know what I'm referring to. I no longer call you servants. How many want to serve the Lord? He appreciates that you want to serve the Lord. He appreciates that you want to do what pleases him. But he says to you, I'm not calling you servant. You serve me because you love me. I'm not calling you a servant. I no longer call you servant because a master does not confide in his servants. He does not ask, a master does not ask his servant's opinion. Nor does he tell his servants why he's doing what he's doing. He just tells them what to do. And God says, I want a better relationship with you than that. Jesus came so that God could have a better relationship with you than one that just tells you what to do. God wants a deeper relationship with you than one that's just full of instructions and do's and don'ts. I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. Now you are my friends. Since I have told you, listen to these words, everything that the Father has told me. It is the purpose of Jesus to unfold to you everything that the Father has spoken. I'm calling you friend. We used to sing that song, I am a friend of God. Probably should sing it again. I'm not calling you servants, slaves. I'm not, I'm not calling you employees. I don't want a boss-employee relationship with you. I want a friendship with you. You are not alone. He said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. I call you friends. And listen to this. I'm going to close with this. You did not choose me. I chose you. Doesn't that touch your heart? You did not choose me. I chose you. I want everyone right now, you just take your hand and you just put it right here. Thank you, God, for choosing me. Thank you for picking me. You didn't choose me.
I chose you.